Greetings. I hope you are well, and I pray that you are happy. It's good that we can be here today to continue to reflect on the power of the Eucharist. And now we begin with prayer. Psalm 34. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be ever in my mouth. Let my soul glory in the Lord. The lowly will hear me and be glad. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us together extol his name. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Look to him that you may be radiant with joy and your faces may not blush with shame. When the afflicted man called out, the Lord heard, and from all his distress he saved him. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers them. Taste and see how good the Lord is. Bless the man who takes refuge in him. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. Our reading today is from John's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 41 to 51. The Jews murmured about Jesus because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. And they said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph? Do we not know his father and mother? Then how can he say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered and said to them, Stop murmuring among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draw him, and I will raise him on the last day. It is written in the prophets, They shall all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to my Father and, he, and learns from him comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the man in the desert, but they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. As we continue our reflection on the bread of life, we begin with, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draw him, and I will raise him on the last day. It is written in the prophets, they shall be taught by God. Everyone who listens to my Father and learns from him comes to me. I was thinking about the question, who really leads me? Let me also ask you, who leads you? Perhaps the commercials on television. How many times have you watched a commercial and said, I got to get that? Guilty. I have many useless gadgets I saw from some commercials. Commercials are powerful and try to speak to our worldly desires. 
Today, however, we have even something more powerful, the internet. It plays with people's minds. So many are learning everything they know from Facebook, Snapchat, or YouTube. Heads are being filled with so much propaganda, causing so much turmoil in our families, neighborhoods, and even communities. You can find everything and anything on the internet, and it is so easy to fall into what the world sees as important. My friends, there is someone greater who wants to lead us today. But we must first turn off the television, get off the internet. It is the Father that draws us and leads us. Television, internet, God. If you were asked how much time do you spend out of these three, what would be your answer? What has the most prominence in your life? To a stranger, you might say, God. But what about your actual behaviors? How much time is spent watching TV? How much time is spent on the internet? And how much time is spent on your relationship with God? These days, people cannot even give each other attention. I see two friends walking down the street, each holding a phone, talking to other people, or watching a YouTube video, and not even recognizing the presence of each other. This, however, is not something new. Even the Israelites rebelled and complained and fell into sin again and again. They were looking more for material comfort and material satisfaction, what this world has to offer, than for the hope and joy that comes from being led by God to a new life. The Father desires to draw you and me to the bread of life but we all must get rid of all distractions. If you have any desire to follow Jesus, if you have any desire to deepen your relationship with him, if you have any desire to receive the Eucharist in your life, then that is good news because that is the work of the Father. God only wants the best for you. Jesus is giving you himself in the Eucharist. Today, let us look at what we receive each Sunday. What do we hear? I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this flesh will live forever, and the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. When we receive the Eucharist, we become one with him. We remain in him and he in us. Jesus gives us his flesh as he suffers and dies for you and me on the cross. That is so true. But before he gave himself on the cross, he broke bread and shared the cup with his disciples. In the earliest account of the Lord's Supper, in St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, 
chapter 11, verse 23 to 26. We hear, For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was handed over, took bread, and after he had given thanks, broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also the cup after supper say, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. You know, the manna which kept the Israelites in the desert alive was a foreshadowing of the Eucharist. God fed his people with manna throughout their long journey to the promised land. Yet, my friends, that bread did not give eternal life. In the Eucharist, God feeds us with the bread of eternal life and leads us on the journey of this life to an entirely new life in him, which gives all of our sufferings and all of our difficulties meaning, significance, and we are given hope as we journey forward. Through faith in the Eucharist, we enter into this new life that is qualitatively different from a life that is bound up in the world. For us, the Eucharist is truly the body of Christ truly the blood of Christ. It is truly the flesh of Jesus. Some say, no, 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 no. It's merely a symbol. Or some people even tell me at the consecration, the significance of the bread and wine change. And even others tell me, no, the, the purpose of the bread and wine has changed. My friends, first of all, it's not merely a symbol. I agree with Flannery O'Connor, a, a devout Catholic and American novelist who says, if the Eucharist is only a symbol, I say to hell with it. And when we talk about the significance changing, we call that transsignification or the purpose changing, we call that transfinalization. Both of these theories were condemned by St. Pope Paul VI in the encyclical Mysterium Fedi, which he gave in 1965. A mere symbol or transsignification or transfinalization are all denying what we believe, transubstantiation. Now there's a word for you, transubstantiation. That, my friends, should be part of our vocabulary. What is that? Substance is the deepest and core reality of something. What stands under the appearance of bread and wine. The appearance is also what we call accidents. 
So the appearance or accidents of bread and wine, they remain, but the substance, that which is under, changes. Now, I know this might sound confusing. Sometimes I even confuse myself. To explain this even more, a couple of weeks ago, I was at a family's house for dinner, and I showed them pictures of me from my younger years. One of my friends looked at the picture and looked at me and looked at the picture and looked at me and finally said to me, what happened? My exterior dimensions are in constant flux. I definitely look much different now than when I was born or in my younger years. My appearance changes, wrinkles, bags under my eyes, a few extra pounds, but my substance remains the same. I am a human being created by God. Even though yesterday I had a beard, today I do not. Or at Halloween, I put on a costume to change my appearance. I am still a human being. With the Eucharist, it's just the opposite. While the accidents of the bread and wine, that is the taste, how it feels, the texture, or the appearance do not change, the substance, that is the essential breadness and wineness, that does change. It still looks, feels, and tastes like bread and wine, but it has truly become Jesus. This is what the Catholic Church means by transubstantiation. We are no longer receiving bread and wine, but the actual body and blood of Christ. I thought about another word in John chapter 6, verse 54 to 56. Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Now, there is no doubt that this Eucharist is a struggle for many Catholics. I came across this Pew study on the Eucharist that found 70% of Catholics of Catholics do not believe that the Eucharist is truly the flesh of Christ. 70%. That blew me away. During the pandemic, people stayed home and watched Mass on the internet. Some told me they actually were crying because they could not receive the body of Christ. One even told me, I longed for Jesus in the Eucharist. Watching is not the same. However, there were others who said to me that they preferred to watch on the internet. I, I asked, what about the Eucharist? I was told that part of the symbolism is nice, but not necessary. I almost started crying on the spot. 
Someone told me I felt that Christ is present no matter what. Well, I said, that's true. But receiving the real presence is even more true. I think of St. Paul, Pope Paul VI, who told everyone at the Second Vatican Council that yes, Christ is present when we pray. Every day in my prayer, I, I know Jesus loves me and he is with me and hears me and calls me to himself. When I sit on a couch and watch mass on TV, yes, Christ is present. St. Pope Paul also says that Christ is present in our works of mercy and acts of kindness. Oh yes, people who work for St. Vincent de Paul and, or Catholic charities, they find Jesus present in the poor, the homeless and forgotten. There's no doubt that he is truly is present. St. Pope Paul also says, Christ is present when the church preaches. Every time we hear the word and listen to the priest or deacon speak in the name of Jesus Christ, he is present. St. Pope Paul also talks about Christ present in the sacraments, baptism, confirmation, anointing of the sick, confession, matrimony, holy orders. But St. Paul says there is still a higher, more sublime moment when Jesus is present in the fullest sense, and that is the Eucharist. My friends, we are so blessed to be able to receive Christ fully present. Now is the time to allow the Father to draw you, to draw me. Now is the time to hear God calling me to a deeper way of life, to his son, Jesus, who gives himself to us. One last note, you know, our parish subscribes to Formed. It is a wonderful, wonderful um, vehicle for growing in the faith. And because our parish subscribes to it, you, you get it for free. And I would encourage you to watch a program on Formed called Presence. It is an excellent opportunity to study and understand the Eucharist. Be sure of my prayers. Have a great day.